0: Welcome back into the great Scott show. If you weren't already awake, you are now. CSB and Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather joining me now as promised the G-man, Gerald Broussard, former Asian Cajun offensive lineman, former Asian Cajun coach, the color analyst on the uh, radio broadcasts. And uh, he, is also a friend of the program, and I'm happy to announce that G will be joining me each Wednesday this football season, and while a big focus of our conversations will be about the Cajuns, we're also going to hit on some other things as well, as we typically do when Gerald comes on. So he joins us on the phone lines this morning from Houston. Good morning, G. What's going on? S O S.
1: so as yeah, we were talking, it just kind of... You know, you you sit here and see all the weather, and and I actually got a chance to go by practice last week for the Cajuns and talking with some of the coaches and stuff, Scott. Uh, You know, it's it's game week. They haven't been able to get outside a whole lot, but they haven't missed any practices. And then, uh, you know, then I get here to Houston, and it's storming over here, and, and, you know, it's just playing with the rain, bro. It's welcome to South Louisiana all, all over the South now during hurricane season, huh?
0: I mean, I feel like you probably wish that there had been an indoor facility when you were playing and coaching, because what would you guys just go to like bourgeois and, you know, or, or, I mean, what would happen when it would rain like this back in
1: the day? So when I was playing, we had a couple of options. We would, we would go to the barns behind Blackham. Oh yeah. Yeah. uh, And that was, you know, (laughs) We didn't know what staff was back then, but I'm sure that's where we got a lot of that stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, right, right next
0: to the them. 4-H show, while kids are showing their goats around, you guys are, you know, doing the old, yeah. the, the Oklahoma drill.
1: Yep, we, we did our inside drill in the barns, and uh, and dude, it was hard to breathe. I mean, just, it was tough. Or if we didn't get to the barns, we might go in between the decks, uh, up in the upper deck and, and stuff. If, if it was just wet, then we, we make, cause bourgeois wasn't there, you know, back in the day, bourgeois got built later. So we, we did get to get into bourgeois when I was coaching, but we've had practices out in the parking lot where the buses go and you just, it, and you know, the other thing was that we didn't have a, a lightning meter, you know? So, you know, if, if it popped really close, we, we tended to, to hunker down a little bit. If it wasn't close we'd hear it, we just, we just kept going wherever we were, but you know. It, it was just it was just different then, and when when we built the indoor there, I was thinking, man, this is you know it's not that necessary. But now it's just, you realize everything you can do and should have been doing, we what we could have been doing in the past. But you know when you don't have it, you don't know what you don't have.
0: Well, it's it's good that uh you know they could practice indoors now, and when it comes to the weather, I, I think. Well, I want to I want to hold off because I think we'll talk about you know maybe what the crowd will be like for the season opener, and obviously I want to talk Asian football with you. But real quick, Gerald, I mean the big the big topic this morning has been the Saints trading Chauncey Gardner Johnson, and fans upset, and they love him, and they love that he's unhinged at times in a hall of fame trash talker and folding his arms in front of Tom Brady and kicking the Falcons and all this stuff, right? He was a good player, not a great player, but you, he only had to be good because it was all those other things that, you know, kind of endeared him to the fan base. But I, I, I know, you know, you're more obviously more plugged into the Cajuns than the saints, but you're on Twitter. You, you listen to this station, you know, guys that, that follow the saints really closely. When a player gets traded like that, right, right on cut day, not during the draft or before, but at that moment in time, what what does that say about perhaps how that coaching staff is viewing that player?
1: Well, and, and, you know, everybody's got a a value uh, and a tolerable value, if that makes sense. I mean, you know, some things that that you see out there – you know what 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 we see as as fans and i i'm going to qualify myself in that area now is, as a fan we we don't know everything that goes on uh and 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 you try and maximize your your value everybody's value on the team and you put people in certain situations that they can they can maximize that whether it be in the playing or in the eyes of the opponent or whatever the, the job of, of those guys is to try and get the best fifty three on the field that they can do. We like personalities. Truth be known, coaches don't. We don't want anybody I mean you, you want robots is what you want. You you don't want personalities around you at all. Now I'm not I don't know. I mean maybe maybe he's he's just not quite worth the headache that they get on a daily basis, but it's also an opportunity to get something for him too. And, uh, and, and, and so that, at that time, I, and I don't see, and, and I keep up with it uh, from a secondary level, as you, as you just mentioned, I don't, I mean, normally cut days, you don't see a whole lot of trading going on. No. You just see, you know, people waiting to see who's getting cut and then they pick them up. I've seen some other people being picked up and stuff, but, um, that, that is, is interesting to me there. Uh, but you know, we, We've had some players and had some real good players, Scott, that, 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 you know, nowadays people say, well, they, they show their personality, you know, they, they have personality and, and they, they, they tend to make a scene out there. They, they bring their individualism to focus or whatever you want to say as a coach, you look at that and say, I just ain't got time for that. You know, it just, it's a distraction to a certain point uh and and the more you do it the better you gotta be because look we all and we all are only as valuable to our employer as whatever they see our value as and it's what they see it as and, and so and that's in in any profession you can get away with certain things at your station that other people couldn't because you do a fantastic job and you have a lot of worth over there uh some they may tolerate uh, tolerate some more some from you that they would not tolerate from others same thing with me and my profession that i'm doing now um uh, you know i have one player said coach i'm kind of a pain in the butt and i'm using that as a nice word i said yeah you are he said but i'm good and i said oh yeah you're good but you better keep being good because the- the more pain in the butt you, you are, the better you better be because it's just not tolerable. And I don't know if that's it. That's what it, the first thing I think about when I see something like that, a, a personality-driven type guy is that, okay, somebody's just tired of him.
0: Yeah, I I, I liken it to, uh, a tr- I just think it comes down to trust. Like you said, I, I'm not in there. You know, I've talked to a few people that uh, aren't in there but know someone that's in there. And uh, it's a matter of, he didn't like, they were so far apart in contract negotiations, and uh, he was kind of such a wild card. And my thing is, if, if they trusted him, they would have just been like, okay, you're going to play out the last year of your deal, and then you'll hit free agency. We, we're far apart in the numbers, so you'll be able to go wherever you want, highest bidder, but you're, you're under contract. You're going to play this year. That That, in a vacuum, without everything else, is, I think, Better value to the Saints than, you know, a fifth and sixth round pick in exchange for Gardner-Johnson in a seventh. What you would get out of him this year. But it's not in a vacuum. There are all the other ancillary parts that come with it. And clearly, they just didn't trust him to, you know, uh, be in that locker room throughout the year sour about a contract. And we'll never know how it would have worked out or not. I just, I know that all the evidence points to that. And um and I look, I, I I wrote about and I loved him as a fan. I loved him. I mean, I, he was he was hilarious, he was unpredictable, he was just fun. But uh, and I think his teammates liked him a lot too because he he got cold clocked by Michael Thomas in a practice season before last and there's your star wide receiver and who were the pl- what side did the players on the team take? They took Gardner Johnson's to side. And I thought that was pretty telling a year and a half ago. So I think he has that but but Trust of the staff, he he clearly didn't have a G because otherwise that trade wouldn't have happened. And I think if they had known that it was going to maybe get as sour as it did, they probably would have traded him before the draft or 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 you know at a different time. But they needed to free up a roster spot. They needed to do it on cut day, and and they did what they did. Speaking of cut day, let's go there for a minute. Gerald I our guest, and Lafayette. I was talking about you know a number of the decisions the Saints made. Um, earlier in the show, but as far as Raging Cajun alums go, Gerald, I think most years you've got, you know, a couple of, okay, this guy's on the team. Then you got a couple of, okay, they're on the bubble. And then you got a couple of long shots. This year, as far as Raging Cajun alums go, there were just your surefire guys. And then every guy on the bubble didn't make the initial round of cuts, unfortunately. And, you know, in, in covering these guys and getting to know them, um, I, I know that not getting that 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 um, well, I shouldn't say not getting that you don't get a call when you've made the team you just you just pick the team. Uh, so I should say the guys that did get the call that their services weren't wanted to be on the fifty three man. It's not over form. I mean, Justin Hamilton has bounced on and off squads, but having been a former coach yourself and known a number of players that have been in the league, some of them bouncing around. What what from your perspective is cut day like for those guys that are that are on the bubble?
1: Yeah, it's brutal. It really is, and and some of them get different messages from the their their conversations with the team. You know, hey, if you hang tight, give us a day, we're gonna pick you up on the practice squad. Others are gonna say, hey, you know, we've been get, you know, we just need to make room for this, but we're gonna, be, you know, there there is a future there with that team if they hang around. Some of them get word from their agent that other people want to bring them in, uh, but it's it, it's you know the people in, in the audience listening stuff. Just you know, we all went through a lot uh, here lately with with the pandemic and with COVID and all that kind of stuff going on. We had some downturns in our in our area in South Louisiana uh, w- with the, the oil industry and stuff like that. And just think about that conversation that you had, you know, with, with your manager, when, when he let you know, your services were no longer welcome. Uh, And, and, you know, some people got severances, some didn't, some were saying, home. these guys don't get severance. I mean, they're gone. And, and, and uh, you know, it's just, if there's an indecision, you talk about uh, Justin Hamilton. You know, he's been fighting it and staying in there and getting a chance to to, to play and, and to be involved in it from year to year. But every year that he goes through this, it's, well, do I start looking for a, quote, unquote, real job now? Or, or do I pull away from it? And, you know, he, he's going to uh, – I'm sure he's going to call some of his, his coaches and talk about it and, and just – uh, talk with his family about it and stuff, but you know others early in the process, they're going to give it a year or two and keep trying to go back after it and keep trying to to make it happen because it's you know it, it, as tough as it is to be involved in, it's it's that much tougher to give up, uh, and and it's it's when that is so many times, Scott, that that's you know those guys' identity. And they feel like that that their identity is taken away from them and it's it's very humbling I've been around it at, at, at facilities when when they're going through cuts and and um well, it you know you see those guys walk out and they come in with their book and they know that they're going without it and so you know they come in, they hand in their playbook and then they usually are, are you know they're going to be taken to the airport or taken to to somewhere to to be transported home and it it's very impersonal and it's, and it's, um, it's a long day, but if you've got a good support system back home, you can fight through it. But, you know, we, we know Scott, you, you, you've gotten to know some of these guys And, and they don't have a very good support system back home. And so, you know, they've got to fight that on their own and with their buddies. And, and that's why it's, you know, everybody talks about the locker room and how close the locker room is. Well, now, now you need your locker room and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I pull for them guys. I watch them. I watch the preseason just to watch the Cajuns out there. I thought it was neat to see the Commanders playing with three Cajuns on the field at one time, you know, and um, and, and 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 that's something that you don't get to see often. But uh, you know, watching Max play a lot of the game of the other night, you know, stuff like that, and it's just yeah, it, it, it's cool to see, but it's also very, um, you know, it's, it's a tough time for them. It's tough for their families too. And then, you know, there's going to be a time where they got to move on and then we wish them well, hopefully we're all there to help them out. And you just hope
0: you get that, the you know, enough playing enough games played, um, being on a 53 man active roster for six or more games for three seasons. So you can, you know, get that pension eventually. And, and 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 make some money later in life off your career. And, you know, you got a guy like Elijah McGuire who fought so hard and I don't you know he on and off practice squads do but I don't know that he ever fully was able to get that third accrued when Ringo it took him a little while, but he got it. But for some of these cats, man, it's you know, you see a guy like Hamilton, you bounce on and off, but you want to stay on just long enough so you can get that ultimate win. And for a lot of these guys, they they don't. It's not just about the contract that day or, or, or the contract that season, you know, it's, (laughs) if you can hit that, that three season mark, that's huge. And, you know, for the, for those that don't know, ESPN Lafayette best ticket in sports, as far as Raging Cajun alums go, you know, this year, it was just, you were either in, and if you were on the bubble, you didn't get it. Right. So like guys like Tracy Walker in Detroit and Elijah Mitchell in San Francisco and Robert Hunt in Miami and Kevin Dotson in Pittsburgh and Max Mitchell with the Jets and Percy Butler with Washington, you know, two draft picks this year, two rookies. But none of those guys were on the bubble. None of those guys were in danger of not making the 53. But then you had guys like Michael Jaquette, who has been on several teams you know, was on New York to start camp, got released, got picked up by the Chargers. Chargers didn't keep him on the initial 53. I mentioned Christian Ringo, you know, with the Saints last year, signed with Arizona, didn't make their 53. Jamarcus Bradley, he has gotten called up. He has spent some time on the Browns active roster, but didn't make their 53 this year. Trey Regus right, from, from Vegas to, uh, you know, a tryout for the Saints to the Rams. He signed with them, but didn't make their 53. Farad Gardner in Washington didn't do it. Uh, Chauncey Manak in Green Bay didn't do it. Raymond Kale in L.A. didn't do it. Now, Manack and Kale were released, you know, uh, about 10 days ago, but all of the bubble guys this year, and yet you see a guy like Hamilton and you realize, you know what? Um, it, it's not necessarily the end for some of these guys or a guy like Jaquette, but of the guys I mentioned that didn't make the initial 53, Gerald, a few of them are going to play this year. Some of them are never going to play again, and that's just the reality of the situation. Um, a guy that that was you know easy to root for, great support system, right? Deuce Wallace got in the Saints camp last year, made it through the first few rounds of cuts, didn't make the fifty-three, and you know it's not not in a camp this year. I mean Elijah right. McGuire, after several years and on, and maybe he's got enough of a familiarity with the Chiefs that at some point, if they have injuries, they'd call him. I don't know, but. Not on, you know, not not on any preseason rosters. I think that's telling. And so it's just there there are far more players that are released and don't make it than the ones that you know about that are consistently there. And every one of these players, we're just talking about the ones that you owe, but every one of those players has a story. And I think that's why hard knocks, we won't get in last night's episode today, because I know you and I haven't watched it yet, but I'd imagine there were uh, there's probably pretty emotional moments in there when it came to you know cutting and, and releasing some of those guys.
1: Yeah, it is, and and and, and you know, Coach Campbell and his staff are, are, I mean, they're players, guys. They know and they remember what that feeling was too. And look, uh, the, those guys on the staff, he's got some some guys who played a long time, but uh, you know, but but they remember what that feeling is, and and you know. Hearing those names as you as you go through them and and trying to visualize them and knowing that the you know the impact they they, they had for for us there in Lafayette and what they were but what they've been able to do for the Cajuns there and then you just again you wish them well you know as, as they come through you know and because some of those are gonna they're gonna play you know and and one of them that I and look I I've been a fan and I, we I know we've had good running backs come through and stuff but it, i know it's just hard for me to believe that trey Regus can't find the spot i just it's just hard for me to believe that you know that 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 guy can't find a spot and 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 uh, you know and it shows how hard it is and and, and but you know it, when, when you look at it and and you see the guys come through you you remember alonzo harris who, who had done it and had a chance in green bay for a while and we've had guys come and, and go back and forth but Trey was one that when he ended up in Vegas and I thought he was going to be able to stick there, but when the transition and staff, you know that, but then going to, to, uh, I thought, I thought his appearance in, in Los Angeles was going to be bad for Raymond, which I, you know, I, I don't know that that was why Raymond was let go, but I, I knew it wasn't good for Raymond to have more numbers in there, but, uh, I, I hope, and, and knock on wood, I'm pulling for him hard just because I, I think that he's he has the ability to play. Michael Jacquette, Michael, you, if you think about him, remember Scott, Michael came in, was a high school quarterback, and then was going to be a receiver, and then moved to defensive back, and, and and then the coaches just talked about his range, and so he's still green to the position, and um, even though he's he's been fighting it for a long time, you know, it's it, – um, yeah, I, and and there's places for them to play if they want. And I don't know if you remember a, a guy named Kyrie Saber who played for the Cajuns yeah, years ago. Yeah, played in Cincinnati and, and yeah. yep, fought it for a while and then, and then got a chance to go to Canada and and had a great career in Canada. And I'm talking about a great. He he heck, he might still be playing. I, I know he's not, but I mean, uh, you know, he if he didn't finish uh, uh, just the last couple of years, I'd be shocked because he played a long time went from being a defensive back to move a, a Canadian linebacker is how they play. But he's really like a nickel guy playing in the box. And, and, and you know, so there are spots, you know, I, I know Levi got a chance to go to Canada. I know there are spots out there. If those guys want to keep playing, then then uh, I, I think there are spots they'll be able to find a way to keep playing.
0: Kyrie Zabier's last season was 2018 with the Ottawa Red Blacks.
1: How about that? Married a Canadian girl and stuff. I
0: haven't talked to him in a while. It's been a couple of years, but, uh, yeah. He's, from, he's from Eunice, yeah. Um, so, Gerald Bruce, our guest, ESPN Lafayette, we've talked about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. we talked about Cut Day. Uh, let's talk about the Cajuns, who will finally kick off their season this Saturday. You and I have discussed expectations for this year. Um, what, what's something, Gerald, that, you know, when fall camp started, you you, you didn't know anything about in regards to this team that you now have and you think the staff has a better grasp of maybe it's a positional unit maybe it's a player but now that they've gotten the reps in now that it's game week now that it's almost here where's an area that you know when i talked to you a month ago you're like i'm not sure and today maybe the question maybe for the for good or for better or worse but that question in your mind is starting to starting to be answered
1: I, I think that the rhythm of what I, I've seen in a couple of times I've watched them play, the rhythm of how things are going and, and what uh, the offense wants to do and the deep. I, I, know, I know what Lamar wants to do defensively. He wants to get speed on the field and run. And, and, and they are able to do that in there. They get after it and they play physically. They take care of each other very well in practice. I mean, I've said that before to you. And I think that's awesome that they can do that practice good on good and not do it run you always run the risk of hurting somebody but they take care of each other so as they minimize that risk uh but but the, seeing what what they're doing defensively in the Christmas of, of crispness of what they're trying to do defensively I, I I anticipated but I'm not surprised by that I've I've been really impressed with just how clean everything looks offensively and so um you know it's it's gonna looks similar it's going to look different i mean if, if you really want to study it you'll see slight differences here and there and you'll see some similarities but when i say what I, i'm talking about there's gotten and we'll see it on the field i i'm, I'm i anticipate it i'm not having any hiccups i guess I, i'm not i'm not concerned about getting plays out. i'm not concerned about people getting lined up correctly i'm not concerned about the, the rhythm of what's going to happen out there uh i i think that there is a um there's a method to the madness. that's visible, and it's. I, I like. I like what I see. They're going to be physical. I. I, I think that's just the nature of, of being here. Um, is that they're going to get after it up front? I think there's some young depth in the offensive line, um, that I'm. I'm anxious to see develop. I, I really am. I, I. think it's there, talent wise, skill wise, but it's got to develop, and it will, uh, as the season. I think it's a. It's a good schedule to to, to be able to do that. So, uh, you know, I, I, it's been clean and it's been impressive what I've seen and been able to watch. I, I, and look, I'll just say it. the spring, I was not very impressed. I'm to, I have a total different 180 on, on what I saw in the spring. I've on got confidence alone. in what I, what I saw. I, I, I was, I was worried in the spring, I'm, you know, i I'm not saying the cage will go 12 and oh, I'm not going to say that. I've already told you what I think, but, but I think that, uh, I think there's some, some some true opportunities for success out of it. And look, you didn't just lose a senior class. And that's the thing that, that uh, you know, people got to understand. You didn't just lose a senior class, but, but you lost all the transfers too. That, it, you know, think about if you had all those guys back with this team, now, there would have been very, 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 very few questions about anything. You know, it just – you know, if you had the two running backs that are going, if you had the two linemen that are going, if you had the receiver that's going, if you had the DB that's going, if you had the linebacker that's going, that all were not, I mean, they didn't graduate now. I mean, they might have graduated, but they didn't lose their eligibility here. It's just they chose not to to continue their career here, which, you know, I think that no matter who has a job, it's going to be a lot tougher because of that. But I, I'm excited for, for Coach Desmo, and, and, and I, I hesitate to call him Michael because he's a, he's the head coach of the Cajuns now. So he's Coach Desmo. I'm excited for him to be able to do it, and for him mm-hmm. and his staff to be able to show all the work they put in because uh, I've been impressed. I really have.
0: We uh, I, I think they're tired of answering the questions. They're ready to play ball. I know we're ready for them to play ball, and uh, they'll do it Saturday, 6 o'clock. Cajun Field against Southeastern. Pregame show starts at 4 with Steve Pelliquin and Richie Falgu. Gerald Broussard and Jay Walker in the booth. Cody Juno on the sideline. I'll be back here in the studio for the first few games as I'll be training a number of new producers for UL football. I will uh, be hosting the post show in the Rage for this season opener. But uh, until I'm ready to hand that off, I won't be at the games in person. But by the time homecoming rolls around, I will be. Uh, in the meantime, we're all... We're all working Saturday, but we're all ready for this thing to kick off. And I think my final question for you, Joe Broussard has been our guest. He's going to join me on Wednesdays this football season. I'm excited about that. Uh, What, as, as as a former coach yourself, what's the one thing at the top of the list? Aside from a win, right? That's always number one. Aside from the obvious, winning. What's the one thing at the top of the list? That that you think Coach Des wants to walk away from this Saturday night, and and being able to check off a box of okay, we did this. This is at the top of the list for this season opener. And and I know it's his not not his first game as a head coach. That was you know the New Orleans Bowl last year, but it is in a lot of ways right. It's the start of the new regime because <laughs> heck, a lot's just changed just since that bowl game, right? Um, so sure. with with the new with the new regime starting. It's not just your, your typical season opener. It's different for all the reasons that we know about. What's, what's that box they, you think they, they, they might not be able to check off, but it's the one they really, in a perfect world, they'll be able to check off?
1: I think that they're. They, I really believe they want to set an identity for who they are, for what they're going to be, and who they are. I know everybody talks about you make more improvement from the first game to the to the second game, and that's because you don't have scrimmages and you don't have jamborees and you don't have preseason game in college. First game counts, and, and so. Uh, but but I, I know that that they they have a vision of what they want their their identity to be. You know, UL talks so much about culture and what do they mean by culture and stuff. It's just the way they do things. And it's how they do things. You, you hear the interviews with Coach Des, and I listen to when you talk with him, and, and I, I think he's, he is very upfront with you. He, he's almost matter-of-fact with what he, he says because he, he knows he talks about the kids and how hard they work and what they are, and he, he wants that identity to come forward and, and, and to, to, to be visible and to be there uh, you know, come Saturday, and and the sooner they set that, I I think that that was the thing that as as you stayed around here the last few years, one thing that being and I, I was around them a little closer, you know, the last year when I was traveling, and the last two years traveling with them and stuff, but but just an air of confidence walking around those guys, Scott, there was no doubt that they were going to win the game uh, and, 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 you know, winning is a habit. And then and, and that became habit for the Cajuns here and has become habit for the Cajuns, but that's reestablished every year. And it, it all goes to the identity of who you are. You are, are, And I, I do believe that the Cajuns are going to want to be somebody that's going to play fast, play physical, play clean, but they're going to strike and continue to strike. And, and, uh, you know, I, I know uh, Coach Des is, is, is. I know him as a player. You know, I know his personality. Uh, I see him with his coaches and how he is with his coaches, and I, I know what Lamar was as a player. You know, Coach Morgan, the defensive coordinator. I know what he wants his players to be, and 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 so I think that that's the sooner they can establish that and get a good footing on that, then they will build on that and continue to build on that, and you'll hear that word culture continue to come out and and. Like I think it's really neat. They talk about culture, and culture is coming, and culture is here, and we are culture, and all that kind of stuff. And that's just the air of what's being built there on Reinhardt, what has been built there, and what they're leading to it. And I think that they want to be able to establish that. Because, you know, he, he wants to get that win to get, just to get it going. It's, you know, I know everybody talks about where it's going to be his first game, of, and you know him now. And so it's not about him. He doesn't want it about him. I'm talking about Coach Desimo. He wants it about the players, and he wants them to be able to feel that. And I think that, you know, I think that's what he's going to look for is to see that they play clean, they play fast, they play right, and they start establishing that identity. This is who we are in 2022, and this is what we're going to do. And, look, it's we're coming out here. When they blow the whistle, we kick it off, we're going to start a fight. When they stop us, we'll stop fighting. But in between, we're going to fight the whole time. And uh, I think that's what I'm. I'm so looking forward to watching them play.
0: Joe Broussard has been our guest. It's the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. G, appreciate you coming on, talking Sean Chauncey Gardner Johnson, NFL Cut Day, and of course, raise your cage of football, longest winning streak in uh, Division One college football, thirteen games in a row. They'll look to make it fourteen, and yet. Uh, Talking to players, they said they really haven't mentioned the winning streak much. Talking to Coach, he said I, he didn't say it outright, G, but he almost insinuated maybe the only time it gets brought up is the fact that they're not really ranked or talked about much despite that. So uh, it only gets brought up when you can use it as um, chip on the shoulder material as opposed to, uh, hey, we're good. You know, I mean, that's that's Coach Psychology 101 right there, right? Uh, but I'd say with this group, it, it does not take a lot to get them to have a chip on their shoulder. They're just... They're full of guys like that, from the staff to the to the players on it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Gerald Broussard, catch him this Saturday on the call with Jay Walker uh, right here on ESPN Lafayette on Hot 107.9 and on the entire Rage Cajun Sports Network from Learfield and all season long. Jay, look forward to talking to you next week. Look forward to hearing you on the call Saturday.
1: Always fun, my
0: friend.